0: What up, Shaka? What up, Ben? you on here quick. Let me just get Cooks up in here, and then I'll tap you right in. This light is making me look real cherry red. I gotta send it to you um oh, let me see <clears throat> the man faded what is up Oh there we go see here what up there we go what up what up what up what up Shout out to everyone for joining. Ben is already in the house. Let's go ahead and get him in here. All right, what up? Fitted Gums, what up? We'll share, it doing is. The... we'll share this out. What's um, up, everybody? Yeah. What up,
1: fellas?
0: Yo, What's up, yo, yo. What
2: up? <laughs> Bro, <laughs>
1: hey. How you guys doing tonight? Oh, babe, Doing just fine, man. How about yourself man
2: I'm hanging in there man I've been sick uh since like yesterday morning and so I'm like I'm on the teetering end of like finally getting better
0: so all right well hopefully it clears up pretty soon because I know how it is to be sick for weeks mm-hmm. on yeah on end I suck <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and uh, well shout out to you for joining us uh, I'm chef and brims uh, creator of Fitted talk. I do interviews here on uh, with, for the fitted community. Uh, been collecting hats for about three years now, and uh, the, our other host is uh, always cooks. If you want to go introduce introduce yourself to Ben, yeah.
1: What's up, Mr. Ben man? I'm always cooks twenty four uh, podcast. You know, I've uh, been doing this for a couple of years now. i nice. uh, been collecting hats. I'm an old school dude, so I've been collecting hats for a while, but I fell off and then got back started around the. Uh, 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 that pink olive, that pink uh, what is it, Chef? You always remind pink me. Martini? Pink Martini. That's when I got back started, you nice. know what I'm saying? And uh, been seeing you, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you always had a positive vibe. Uh, me and Chef, we teamed up about two years ago with certain stuff, and uh, you were somebody majorly that we always thought about and, and watched and seen. So, just thank you, sir, for, you know, coming aboard, and I'm glad I could be with my brother, Chef, to do it, you know?
2: No, absolutely. appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, shout out to your Philadelphia Eagles and see the, uh, the banner sitting behind you.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You just fly. <laughs> <to> fly. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is how they win. I'll
2: how be they okay, win. okay yeah, with that. Be I, I mean,
0: seeing, seeing as I'm
2: a Buccaneers fan and they already got, you know, knocked out of the playoffs by the Cowboys, Niners did their work uh, on Dallas, and I was okay with that. So, from this point on, I, I just hope I hope the
0: best team wins. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. that's It's it. gonna be a good one for sure. <laughs> well, Ben, uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to us and some of the people who might not know yeah. uh, who Soccer Bros totally. is? Totally.
2: So I am Benjamin Christiansen. I'm one of the uh, the voice men for uh, for Hack Club. Been working for Hack Club since 2014. Uh, back when I was starting as an assistant manager, worked my way up to store manager within like a year and a half uh, here in the Bay Area. I live in Oakland. Uh, the stores I was running were uh, South San Francisco, so Daily City, Concord. I uh, did a little bit of time in Sacramento. And then the only store we got left is uh, Great Mall Dana in Milpitas. So I'm usually there on the weekends. Uh, but no, moved uh, kind of full time into this whole social media marketing position back in 2020 when the pandemic took over. And it was really more of a matter of like, hey, you're stuck at home and we want to do something with you. So here, here's some things that we're thinking. So that's how recap kind of got started. But it's it's kind of funny because the whole concept of recap was something I had pitched like three years prior. Cause I'd always want to do like a podcast interview show, whatever. Um, but nobody, nobody really saw it as, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to say valuable, but just nobody really saw, you know, what we could kind of do with that. Um, and so yeah, 2020 came around, we started knocking that out, uh, really ironed out the format that we've got right now. Um, it, it's kind of weird to be back on Instagram live when we, you know, cause once we trans over transition over to Twitch, it's just like, Oh, I can do so much more here. And so that was kind of like the, the positive side of it. Um, but no, I've been a hack collector since, I mean, hardcore, since 2010. Uh, that was my uh, junior year of college at the University of Oregon, and I've just kind of, like, increased more and more uh, on top of my absolutely massive uh, champion NBA jersey collection that surrounds me pretty much on every other angle you can't see on screen right now. <laughs>
0: well, we're at 615, right? Or are we? we we're oh, at 615? God,
2: dude, I'm, a, I'm, like, somewhere over 700 right now. I mean, um, it, it's kind of funny because I just got the mail right before I jumped on with you guys, and I got a Mark Jack Jackson ooh. Indiana Pacers. So um, ooh, ooh, ooh. there was a there's a Mateen Cleaves uh, Detroit Pistons that's like supposed to be delivered at some point in time tonight. So still looking forward to that one.
0: Oh man! Oh man! Uh, so, uh, but you're um, you've been collecting real heavy. You said about 2010. Yeah. But when, when did it all really start? Because I was going through your page, and uh, I thought maybe, like, during the time you started with Hack Club, you really started collecting. Maybe you were, Did you work for New Era Cup for I a little did. while?
2: So I, yeah. was a, I was a consultant for New Era from, we'll say, 2013 through the middle of 2014. So uh, June of 2014 is when I got it with Hack Club. And so really all I was doing for New Era was they would, like, send me some product. I'd give some evaluations on it, give them my thoughts, um, you know, how can things improve? But then once I got on board with Hack Club, that kind of went away just because not so much a conflict of interest, but it's just like, well, I'm working for a company that's selling your product, so you're basically still getting the same information out of me. Um, you know, I'm selling the product more so than just kind of reviewing it and critiquing it. So um, everybody was happy in regard to that because at least I'm still in the hack game. But before that, uh, when I was living up in Oregon, I worked for a company called Just Sports, uh, which, still tech- which still exists in some capacity. And um, I worked for them-, them from, oh, my God, 2000 through 2002. And then I went back again in 2005 through 2007. And then kind of off and on during the holidays from like 08, you know, just like Christmas time and stuff just to help out whenever I was on winter break uh, during my college days.
0: Okay. That's, yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good stretch. But, uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: but in regards to the collecting side of it, like I had a few hats that I would get like from here and there during that time period, but 2010 was literally, um, like, I, I mean, I, I kid you not, I woke up one day and, you know, I'm a huge baseball fan, and so the whole thought process was, oh, I'm going to get – I want to get one hat from every team. Despite the fact that I'm an Oakland A's fan, I've always liked to wear hats, and so I just, like, you know, spread the wealth, kind of spread the collection out a little bit more, make it a little bit bigger. So I grabbed, you know, one of all 30 teams, grabbed a couple minor league teams because I I, I worked for a minor league team back when I was in high school. Mm. And, um, you know, after I got all 30 teams, it's just like, yep, there we go. A's, baby. Um, from that point, it was like, well, shit, I might as well just grab like every on-field hat that every MLB team ever wore. Not thinking at the time, like, okay, how many could that be? And I still put together some pieces from time to time whenever I see like the retro on-fields kind of come back. And just that little side collection is like well over 775 pieces.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then, and then, you know, once I got club and I started, you know, getting on a couple of customs here and there, and then really over the last three years is when my, my custom collection kind of shot through. And I mean, I've got like five or six cap doubles full. Uh, I've obviously got the wall behind me that's kind of full right now. And so I think my total collection right now is somewhere over 1,500, which is, I'll admit is pretty crazy.
1: That's man. That, yeah that's insane. That's insane. man, that is insane. Golly. <laughs> um Mr. bro man, let me ask you this man. The question I want to ask you is on on the other side, um, would you be in the like you said at first, the voice, yeah, you know what I mean, the voice I had club what is the uh, what is, and I know it comes if every day it hits you, I know every day, whenever you go live or somebody see you, this happens. But what is the biggest misconception that people have of you when they hear, oh, the voice of hat club? You the voice of hat club? <laughs> like, what is that? What is, you know what I mean? You know what, yeah. I mean? you know what I'm getting at. Like, what is that? What is one of the biggest misconceptions for you? You know what well, I'm saying? Was, when it comes to that.
2: The, the common misconception, especially when a lot of people, like, see me, and before, mm-hmm. you know, I got my hair cut a couple weeks ago, everybody <laughs> thought I was, like, some big-ass stoner who just like to talk about hats all the time. And... <laughs> And it's always kinda of funny because I I like I don't I don't I don't smoke weed or anything like that. Um, I, okay. I realize I look like I do. Um, but I no, I do I get really enthusiastic about it. I, I love what I do. I love sharing my thoughts and my passion with everybody else in the hat community. And likewise I love I love getting in the back and like hearing every ever like what got everybody else in the collecting. Mm-hmm. What ideas they have as far as like what hats they would like to see, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm just I'm I'm just a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, and especially when I'm in public, yeah. um it, it's always kind of funny. And it it doesn't happen so much anymore, but like in the past, uh, whenever mm-hmm. I would be at drops, and especially when I go to no home, like a lot of people would just be like a, like in, too intimidated to come up and talk to me because they feel like, oh, well you're you're kind of big time, like I'm I'm a nobody, and it's just like, nah, dude, just come up, strike up a conversation. We're all we're all in the same game
0: together, so that's cool. Come up and have a 41-minute yeah, right no, break. Yeah, no, that's, that's happened, happened a
2: few times now. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: cool. I've, I've seen the pictures. We've been watching. You know, we watch what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, what um, what got you? What got you started to really have a passion for fitteds and jerseys? Like, where did that all start mm-hmm. from?
2: So the jerseys, um, that, one, that one goes, like, way back. So, uh, it, It's kind of funny because Sunday of next week will mark exactly 28 years that I've been collecting NBA jerseys because the first jersey I ever got was on my 12th birthday. So this goes back to 1995, uh, February 5th, mm. 1995. So my birthday, yeah, like I said, it's, it's Sunday of this next week. And uh, it was a Grant Hill rookie jersey. And the whole reason I got onto that was two of my friends in elementary school, Jeff Rager and Casey Langdon, each of them had a couple jerseys. I think Casey had Shaquille O'Neal and a Penny Hardaway. And my friend Jeff had Jason Kidd, because I was in his rookie year as well. And I think he had a Michael Jordan. And so I didn't want to get the same ones they did. So it's like, okay. I'm a I was a big Duke fan at the time. I mean I, I always like college basketball a little bit more than the NBA despite the fact that I'm a big Indiana Pacers fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went with Grant Hill you know he he was fresh off you know playing at Duke, et cetera. overall good dude and so that was the first one and then just since since that point in time just going up and up and I'm still trying to track down a lot of the old ones that I that I've been you know, have been elusive for my collection for the 20 plus years, just because champion lost the NBA contract at the, at the end of the 2002 season. So me finding anything that's like brand new, I mean, it's rare for me to find or seen before, but, um, mm-hmm. but every now and then that happens, which is, I'm trying to think if I got one sitting around somewhere where it's just like, Oh my God, I can't believe this actually exists. <laughs> um, obviously I got a lot in my closet, but, um, but as far as hats are concerned, the very first fitted hat I got was back in 1999, and that was when I was working for a minor league team uh, down in Bakersfield, California called the Bakersfield Blaze. Uh, sadly, they no longer exist, but at that point in time, they were a minor league affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. And so, you know, to work with the team, and, and especially on the field, it's like, well, you got to have a hat. And so the Bakersfield Blaze fitted was the first one I got. Then I got a Giant fitted because that was their, their parent club. And I think by the time 2002 rolled around, I only had about 10 fitteds in my collection. And it was the Blaze Giants, uh, old school Montreal Expos, uh, 1980s Maroon style Philadelphia Phillies, Oakland A's, of course, the home style, and I can't remember what the other ones are off the top of my head, but that was, that was really the beginning was that, that 1999 minor league season. Mm. A lot of, lot of nerd shit, basically.
1: I love nah. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love sports. Go ahead, Chef. I was just, on you. You were just trying to get your Wi Fi right, my man. No, you're good. Go
0: ahead,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, somebody had a question, too, uh, yeah. uh, in the uh, chat. I see y'all posted it up. I believe, uh, I can't think of who it was that asked it, but they asked, does Brody only wear uh, hat club hats?
2: For the most part, yes. Um, a lot of it's just because of easier access, and just because I'm always around it. So if I'm, like, going on a hunt for hats, it's like, oh, it's, just, it's right there, kind of what I want. Because mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, when I, when I go back to what I was talking about as far as, like, retro on-field hats, that's still the primary piece of my collection. And it's not to say that I don't like anything any other companies are doing. I just, I'm so heavy in hack love, and on a daily basis I'm just seeing our product. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of more instinctive for me to grab, like, whatever little pieces and stuff that we put together. But every now mm-hmm. and then there's, like, other companies that will put out a lot of those retro on-fields that I'm still looking for. And I'll, I'll, I'll pull them, you know. If they if they got what I need, it's like, I, I have no problem spending my money in other places. Um, and I think the last couple of, like, non-Hat Club-specific customs that I got. Uh, there were a couple at Berdine's that my buddy Luis, who lives in Chicago, he put together, so I snagged a couple of those. Uh, my mm-hmm. buddy Josh owns Grandstand out in South Chicago, so I'll buy stuff from him from time to time because he puts together really good stuff, which is kind of funny because I'm not a white fan, yeah, but deep down, it's like... If I would be a fan of another team, it probably would be the White Sox because they've always had some really dope logos and colorways and such. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much been the only non-Hack Club stuff that I that I generally wear.
1: Okay, okay. And uh, and you, how, you, you uh, share one of those, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: You got it, you got it. I've been making sure. Well,
0: we know you collect other stuff, too, because of the um, – you have a lot of MILB ha- fitted yeah. tattoos okay, so as well. What what what's the obsession about the MILB and and when did you start getting your tattoos for the oh, MILB? Oh, okay. <clears throat> so,
2: my like I've always, you know, kind of like the same sense of like what I was saying a little bit ago about how I like college basketball a little bit more than like the NBA. There's a lot of feeling about minor league baseball compared to major league baseball, just because of the fact that you know, there's a lot of homegrown talent. There's all these smaller stadiums all throughout the country. Anytime I'm in a random state or a random city and if there's a minor league team there, it's like, I definitely want to go check it out. Um, so a lot of my, my passion and my collecting comes from that. Um, in regard to my tattoos, so this goes back to 2011 uh, because on, on my, I've got all the major leagues Baseball mascots and logos tattooed on me, and so that that was kind of the starting point of it. But then once we got into the minor leagues, it's like, okay, how how do we make this work so all of it kind of makes sense? And at the time, I you know I, I had an, an idea in my head as far as how to pull this off, but it's like, okay, it's going to take a lot of time, it's going to take a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera. But there was a team specifically in Eugene, Oregon, so where where University of Oregon is, they came to my tattoo artist and me and they're like, hey, we're thinking about doing this promo night called, uh, I think it was called Bats and Tats Night. So B-A-T-S and T-A-T-S. And essentially they had uh, tattoo artists from, you know, all over the Eugene, Springfield area compete to do like the best version of the uh Eugene Emerald Sasquatch logo. So that was the starting point. That's I got the, uh, I got the, like the swing and fryer style uh, Sasquatch because they were a affiliate of the, of the Padres at the time <laughs> and got it down on my right leg. And so the thought process that kind of came into there was just like, well, okay, I can't stop at one. Now I got to fill all the rest in. And so based on where we did it. Uh, so down on my ankles, it starts at low level, like rookie ball. So low a ball. And then by the time we're done, uh, as, as soon as it gets up to my hips, we'll be at AAA, and then it just rolls into my, my uh, major league baseball one. So it's like in a complete history of professional baseball uh, within uh, North America.
0: That's insane. What is your favorite? Ever- we're still, we're Man. still many years away from finishing that <laughs> one, but yeah. Uh, which one? Well, which one is one of your favorite ones that you have? Are that you're li- really? Li- forward to getting? Oh, Maybe as far as the ones I'm looking forward to getting,
2: from. it's definitely the old uh, Portland Beaver slash Portland Mavericks, like mm-hmm. doing a match oh, of okay. that. Because the other, yeah, it's like when you, when you kind of see them at first, um, it's, yeah, it, it one, it's the logo, but two, there, there's a lot of history that's encapsulated within each logo that we do. Because what I'll do is like, you know, over like a 50 to 80 year time frame for a lot of these teams, they changed name, they changed major league affiliate, et cetera, et cetera. So what we did for each one is I did all the research to find all the variations of team names each team had. And then we just rework a specific logo to combine like every single element into it. So any team so far that I've gotten, because I'm still I'm still like in high A level right now, I've yet to cross over mm-hmm. to double A. Um Any affiliated team of the Montreal Expos, I always try to include the Expos into it because that was my first, like, real fandom for Major League Baseball. And then it it became more the A's because the Expos don't technically exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as what I'm looking forward to, like, yeah, like I said, Portland Beavers, Portland Mavericks mashup, just because during my time living up in Oregon, I was a season ticket holder for the Portland Beavers uh, during their AAA days. Um, I love the documentary battered bastards of baseball on Netflix, which is entire history of the Portland Mavericks organization, which only lasted for about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, being able to combine all those elements and it, it's not just like, Oh, Hey, I want this kind of point at something, draw it up and do it. It's just like, no, there's a lot more personality that comes behind it. There's a lot more passion that becomes behind it. And so I, I I love I the, the thrill of the hunt, basically, to be able to find, like, all these little elements and stuff to add to it.
1: Mm. That's how it goes. I can tell that, you know what I'm saying, number one, you're a businessman. You like to have your phone, but I can tell you're a business man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I can also tell, just from the stuff you just said, the few minutes that we've been talking, I can also tell that you that you make sure that you put yourself in places where you can network and meet yeah. people. To get on to the next. So my question here is, before Hat Club, what all type of business ventures were you into? Because it sounds like you work for a lot of people whose name is pretty big. You know what I mean?
2: I would say the the biggest one I worked for was back in 2012. Uh, I worked for Major League Baseball, so back in New York, um, it was part of a contest they were doing, kind of like a reality show called the MLB Fan Cave, and it was it was kind of funny because at the time when i was getting my my major league baseball tattoos done it was the they were doing the first season and i was debating on you know applying for that but at the time i was finishing my my at, at the time my last year at the university of oregon so it was just like well i want to have to go back and graduate you know a year later if i somehow get this job mm-hmm. so it's like so my mentality was, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish, I'm gonna graduate this year. So this is 2011, and if they do it again the next year, then I'll apply and see what I do with it. And mm-hmm. also within that time frame, it gave it gave my tattoo artist and I enough time to like get everything completed because at that time we'd only like finish like one side of it. So the next year comes around, uh, I'm still in Eugene because I found a loophole to get like a second degree in odd to take was like three classes, so it's like dope. I'll do that. But the application process came around again, so I applied for that. Um, within about three days, I heard back from like two or three executives from MLB. They're like, just they wanted my whole life story. They're like, this is the craziest thing that we've ever seen, and you clearly have a passion for baseball. Um, just sit tight with us, and we'll, go, we'll we'll move you on to the next step, and. Mm-hmm. The next step was uh, they broke it down to like 50 total people and the next part of the, of the application process was you had to put yourself out there and basically, you know, campaign yourself, do your own marketing to like really sell yourself. So I went to the University of Oregon for journalism. So I have, I have two degrees in journalism, one in news editorial, another one in magazine. And so I knew, you know, the right people to get in contact with as far as like, okay, here's my story. What can you guys do with it? And, you know, it was, it was kind of funny because like the the school paper at, at Oregon, they're like, yeah, it seems interesting, but because you're in an application process, not you don't have the job, we'll hold off on this. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I went to uh the register guard which is the eugene oregon newspaper they said the same thing uh the last place i hit was like the cbs fox affiliate and same thing i just went in it's like hey here's what's going on and i felt goofy because the fact that it's just like i i i don't I, i'm not i'm not arrogant or anything like that but at the time i felt like i was because it's like well i'm just Here's a story on myself, and I felt really awkward doing it, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the person who was on the news desk at the time was just like, you know, th- this actually seems kind of interesting. So, a couple days later, they came to my house, filmed the segment, whatever, showed off my tattoos, that was it. Nice. So, so, this was February 2012. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to broadcast this on the Sunday, on you know, Sunday night, et cetera, et cetera. So just let everybody know, just be ready. So it happened the night of the Grammys. And it was the night that, or the, it was like the Grammys, like right after Whitney Houston died. So everybody was like glued in onto the TV for that. So the oh, Grammys man. end, then the news comes on and they lead off the show with my story. So it just kind of rolled in. Mm-hmm. The next day, I'm walking to class and I get eight consecutive phone calls from news stations all over the country and a couple spots up in Canada. And then, like an hour later, one of the uh, uh, um, the marketing executives for Major League Baseball calls me while I'm in the middle of class. And so it's like we, it's like, hey, I gotta go take this call. I'll be right back. And I go out and he's just like, hey, I've got uh, dead. It's been, I've got Yahoo. I've got all the ESPN. All of them want to do an interview with you. Is it cool if I give them your 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 information so they can get in contact with you? I'm like, yeah, of course. I thought that was the whole point of this. And and that was it. Like over the next week or so, you know, going through that process and just like just interview, 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 interview. And the craziest thing about it, and nobody at the time knew it until, you know, they actually met me was I didn't have a smartphone at the time. I'm doing everything with just a cell phone and, and my computer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how, how are you able to do this? And I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I just tap into the right people. And, you know, I seem to, I seem to, I think I have a good personality about things and, mm-hmm. and everybody thought it was kind of interesting. And so that's how all that kind of started. Okay. <laughs> that was the short
1: version. Dope. That's dope.
2: That no,
0: was the short version. That's dope. Well, what was it? What was it like? Uh, what What was that like? Being able to be seen by all of them? Did you? Were you? Did you ever expect anything like no, that?
2: Not really. Um. I like the job itself. I knew I was. I. I. I always had a strong feeling I was going to get it, just because, you know, I. I'm trained in front of the camera, because I can always come up kind of easy on that. You know, camera lights, yeah. whatever, doesn't bother me. It's just a basic conversation. Um. I had the experience, you know, based on my journalism and stuff. So that carried over into it as well. But because I knew so much about baseball and, you know, my original, you know, dream job was to work in baseball, being a baseball broadcaster, being an interviewer, et cetera. And so I knew I had the the right stuff to basically move in that position. So I never thought like, well, they're not, they're going to, they're going to say no to me. I was never worried about that. But as far as the media attention that I that I garnered out of it, that was a complete surprise because I figure it's like, all right, a couple local broadcasts, couple newspapers locally are going to be in, in, in tune with this. No big deal. But I wasn't expecting, like, major websites, major major magazines, et cetera, to, like, you know, want to, like, really delve into that. And it's just like, damn, this is kind of a trip. I, I guess I'm in the right field for, for doing all this.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, no, oh. it sounds like an awesome journey.
1: So I know I'm always trying to get the advice and always trying to get the information. And sometimes, yeah. you know, it's best when you dig in and get it yourself, Mister Bro. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what I'm my question now is, uh, you know, Chef do this and I do this, and then we come together and do this, and then when we separate, we do our own shows, or podcasts, or IG lives. My question to you is. When it comes to marketing, which I know you know tons about because you do you all about it, what's one of the most important factors for people like me and Chef to remember, and people out there that's doing whatever it is the kind of content they making on the marketing tip? You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. one of the best factors that you should always keep in your head.
2: I think the biggest thing is you got to be passionate about what you're selling. Um, I think it's one thing to to work in marketing. Like I, I couldn't I couldn't really see myself working and marketing for like any other company outside of maybe like, yeah, if I was still with major league baseball, totally. Uh, the NBA, definitely. Um, but anything else, it's like, I don't, I don't know where I've fall like in line with that. Cause it's one thing to have like a lot of really good ideas and be able to push a product, but it's another thing to put a hundred, you know, I hate to say cliche on this, put 110% behind it because it's a lot of your passion. It's a lot of your energy that's going into it. And, you're also selling yourself in the same time so if people you know read you really well and they say you're not 100 percent, you know behind what you're selling then it's mm-hmm. not, not going to be a success and so i feel like everything that i've done you know since joining the marketing team essentially is just i'm just throwing myself out there it's just like hey i dig this fucking product and here's why and and that i think it's as simple as that
0: okay I feel it. Yeah. Um from starting from starting your your journey of collecting fitteds, working for a hat store and now working with hat club, um, is there any hats that you've seen not seen that you haven't gotten a chance to see yet come out? Like is there certain colorways, certain ideas that you have I'm pretty sure you've seen Thousands and thousands <laughs> of fittings. Yeah. Like thousands. Yeah. But is, is there is there an idea that, that you know about, but that just hasn't, we haven't seen yet? Um, I, I know one thing that always
2: comes around is people trying to connect, like, you know, movies in the hats. Yeah. And yeah. Hack Club, we tried that. Like, we did that uh, that Christmas movie collection. And, I mean, it, it was fine, but it, it's kind of difficult and a lot of it just comes down to when you're, when you take a topic that's like really, really multifaceted, um, and you're not going to, you're not going to hit like the relatable connectability with a lot of people. Cause it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people that like this thing or like this movie or like this idea, but the translation into the hat isn't like always going to be a hundred percent. And I mean, prime example of that is like what I got above me and um, I saw Elk Dot talking about the second, ago, and it, it's actually the pin tweet in regard to the twins hat that I put together when I did that whole Mike Tyson's punch out collection. And yeah. I knew going into it that there is a specific age demographic that's going to connect with this. But anybody who didn't play the game or is like younger than that, Mark, it's just like it's not going to go over well. So it becomes a bit of a challenge to find that that middle ground between the older collectors and the younger collectors and finding something that we can all kind of relate to. Um, So one thing that I would say I would like to see, and and another company did like a decent effort at this. Um, I'm a big video game guy, especially old school fighting games, like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Somebody did like a couple pieces from a Street Fighter collection. They did okay, but I kind of look at it and it's just like, you know, there's, there's certain teams that I would do differently, maybe different color palette or something like that. But a lot of that just kind of comes down to nitpicking, I think. And so um,
0: yeah.
2: I'm just waiting for somebody to like, just do like a full board, you know, collection, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, whatever. Um, and just like, you know, it's a thing of beauty and I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm going to be the guy to do it because I, I already took a crack at it. with something I was passionate about and it did okay. Like there's still a few pieces left on, on the website. And it's like, it is, it is what it is. Uh, not to mention, as you can see by the holes here, there's still three more pieces that still haven't come in yet. Uh, mm-hmm. so there's always somebody out there that they'll have the idea, but it really just comes down to putting pencil to paper and just doing the, uh, the mock-up for it and whether or not like the translation is going to connect with everybody. Because at the end of the day, like, I look back at what Hack Club was doing 2020, 2021, and, you know, John and Justin were putting these colorways together. They come up with a clever name for the collection, and then, bam, it just, it connected with everybody. Like, it was very simple. I think in some aspects nowadays, people are kind of getting, like, too, not complicated, but it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Complex? Yeah, it, it's getting a little bit too complex where it's just, like, you kind of have to, like, you, you have to tell the entire story for somebody to connect with it as opposed to it should take, like, one sentence and everybody's like, oh, shit, yeah, that's what that yeah. is. I want that. Hmm. Um, so. To,
0: to
1: follow up on that, right right behind that, you've been collecting for as long as you've been collecting, like, over 10, over ten years, over 12 or 15 years, right? Okay. okay, so cut that in half. What's the biggest? What's some of the biggest differences or changes that you've seen in the hat community? Because me being an old school cat, you know, I'm I'm, I'm 1980 born. I can remember when it was just about collecting the hat because of the team. Then it, when the hip hop jumped in, yep. then it was you know just match my outfit up. I'm only wear it once. But now it's more about how you know the number you got, the attachments you get with it, or whatever. Yep. But coming from the bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's one of the biggest changes you've seen the first 10 years to the last 10 years? You know what I'm saying? I'll to now do, time.
2: I'll, yeah, I'll go back to – because I, if I remember correctly, the point in time when I saw, like, the biggest change goes back to 2019. So I'll cover before that and then go into – so early 2000s, it was about matching up colors with whatever your outfit is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the team logo didn't matter as much. I think a lot of people were just more interested in – yeah, I mean, if, if their team was an option, that they would definitely go there first. Um, and this goes back to my Just Sports days where my buddy Jason Cobb and I would just put, like, color schemes together uh, just based on season, based on, you know, color schemes that we knew were going to be popular and and just and threw them out. But it's like at that point in time, no side patches, was just color hat, uh, usually a gray, green underbill, whatever the logo is, et cetera, et cetera. And, cool. and yeah, at that point in time, it was all about finding your team, matching your outfit. So now we go into 2019, and, you know, things – uh-oh. Okay, I'm still here. Sorry. A message popped up. because I want to make sure I'm still here. Uh, we, oh, we go into 2019, and I noticed the biggest difference is uh, more and more collectors want side patches now. And, you know, side patches have been on hats since 95. I mean, it's fine, but it's generally only on, like, the World Series, uh, a couple, like, special edition hats from, you know, time to time, whatever. But nowadays, you know, in regard to customs, everybody wants, you know, front logo, side patch, whatever. Uh, and then we get to the closing end of 2019, and now the underbill color changes uh, because Preem and, no- and Justin NoHo started doing the pinks. Uh, previous to that, it was just, like, you know, greens and grays, like I said previously – but on East Coast, nobody wanted black underbills. Nobody wanted a black nasty. Um, West Coast, much different. We didn't We didn't really care about that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But that was it. It's just the, it's it's one thing to be, you know, fashionable. It's another thing to have a hook onto it. Like, I think a hook with any kind of collection really became or took off in like 2020, 2021. Um, okay. So I would say. It really only like, goes back about four years, where like everything became very multifaceted, and you had to have like all these different elements to be able to not only sell a hat, but even just market it. Okay.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I love a good plain Jane. You know, like the uh, plain Janes or you know, are still like awesome to me. But with a good plain Jane, it's like it has to be a green and gray yeah. bottom. You know, when I was when I was rocking snapbacks. I didn't care if it was gray, green, or black, but now when uh, once I got into the fit community, it was like, oh no, like no more, no more black nasties, you know. Gray, green, <laughs> and then, you know, seeing, the, <laughs> seeing all the the color UVs, you know, like it's real tri- trippy how everything has to be like you said side patched. Mm-hmm. You know? and and yep. now now yep. it's like nobody wants no no. Oh, I have to go. Nobody want doesn't I mean nobody wants to fit it without a side patch. you know. Like just like you said, it has to be a good yeah. color bottom, you know. Match the shoes, match the fit. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, What can we? Uh, are you? Do you think you'll ever not be a part? I, I'm not trying to like ask that question. <laughs> I, I know you're saying but, <laughs> you think you ever have another journey besides tackling?
2: I've always kind of felt I did. Um, I think the one thing in the back of my mind is, and especially for the amount of time that I've been you know like doing recap or at least doing some kind of like video presentation, something based on audio, um, and going back to what I was saying about you know doing something that I'm passionate about, I like if I were to do something beyond Hack club, like I would love to do something with the MBA um especially you know being being a jersey collector i want to talk about old school nba history much in the same sense i want to do the same thing for major league baseball when i was working for them at the time um i would like i've always wanted to do a podcast just you know a, a passion project of mine
0: started it and i want to do it i want to Start do it all about it. my
2: jerseys um already got like a name in mind as far as what i'd call the show but just go run through each one like every episode is like hey Here's this one that I picked up. I can tell the whole story because I still have like I could I could grab a jersey that I have and tell you the whole story about when I found it, how much I paid for it, um, how long I've been looking for it, et cetera, et cetera. And like the first time I saw it Um, and then the connection I have in between, oh, when I saw this player in you know, years X, Y, Z uh, then we're affiliated with this team. Then this team. Maybe do some back history about you know their their upbringing and stuff like that. So kind of do just a you know my personal connection to the player, but then also just bring in like oh yeah here's here's their life story kind of a thing. Here's how they got to this point. Here's how they got this thing made for them that people collect that people wear because I think that's one of the coolest things is you know having a jersey you know you know playing playing a sport or just doing anything. I mean, you could write a book and this is going to have the same feeling to it. Um, but then seeing somebody else on the street, like with the book in their hand, reading it or wearing that Jersey with your name on the back. Like, I just think that's the coolest thing ever. And so I, I would definitely want to do something on the lines of that.
0: You should definitely. <laughs> I yeah. I'm I mean,
2: just so busy all the time. We're just like, Oh my God. I put this then off. Then. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I would like to ask you right here, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we're just coming out of 2022 into 2023. So I know everybody has their own goal, a personal goal that they're trying to reach. And you also probably had some type of little BS that you said in 2022, it's going to stay there and it's not going nowhere. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a a new, I'm new. It's time to break, you know, break it down, break it off. So I guess kill two birds with one stone, man, what's something that, that probably, was holding you down, or, or like, a uh, dog crap under your foot that you gonna leave in twenty twenty two, and what's something in twenty twenty three that's the goal for you that oh. you're gonna reach? Oh, man. you okay. know you're gonna so reach. I've, I've
2: already been actively doing this, so I, I gotta go back ha- backwards again. So, twenty twenty two, I is 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 the time frame I gained the most weight. Um, because I was, I was busy all the time doing hack club stuff. So I'm like sitting in my office, uh, granted, you know, the only time I was getting out of the house when I was going to the store, going to New York, et cetera, et cetera. And so I just kind of looked at my, it, it, it really took me cutting all my hair off. And this, this was, this was part of the plan as well, because, you know, being hidden all under all the hair, the big ass beard and stuff like that. It's just like, I couldn't really see in my face, like how much weight I gained. And, and it's something my my wife always comments on is, you know, you are on camera so many hours each day and you're probably <laughs> the only person who just doesn't care about his physical appearance, like when you're on film. And I'm just like, well, you know, then, then, it, then it comes back to like, OK, I got to I got to do this haircut and see what I actually look like. And it was a, it was a big shock to me because. I haven't had short hair or a short beard in like damn near a decade. So it's like, you know, I know the whole concept of like new year, new me, but I'm really taking it to heart. Like, it's just like, I want to get back down to a specific weight. I got to look a certain way, et cetera. And you know, this, this whole thing was just like, you know, a, you know, kind of like a rebirth in a sense, where it's just like, I need to feel better about myself. Like I, I spent all of 2022, focusing on everybody else's attention uh everybody else's needs i was never really taking time for myself and so you know it's not to say i'm being selfish but it's just like i just need to improve upon myself going into this year
0: yes sir yes sir but same with me that's, that's the plan this year, you know we gotta oh, be better. make ourselves be yeah better, i mean, you know? I, I mean at the end there.
2: of the day it's like if you're not happy with yourself like that should be always the priority it's it's yeah. it's one thing to always you know take your attention and you know make other people happy, but if you're always feeling kind of sad or feeling depressed on the inside, it's just like nah, you gotta you gotta fix that asap. Talk to whomever, uh, but it always talks to talking talk yourself first, and you know kind of admitting it's like you need to you need to make these changes and stuff. And so I did, or I am. I'm in the process got, of it. So
0: gotta got tell the demons to back up a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Okay, so how does um so busy with, with Hat Club and traveling, how does that does that ever interfere with personal life? Oh, home? every every time. So so last year
2: when we did uh so we we did pop up in L. A. We did a pop up in, in Phoenix, uh, and then we did like the the two pop ups in Houston. Not to mention all the times I went to New York. So literally every trip that I did for work, I had something else planned before we, before like the powers that be in the office plotted those dates out. And I mean, it was, you know, me taking time off going on a vacation. Um, actually I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the Phoenix one specifically because that one really fucked me up. Um, so I had, schedule an appointment in Oregon because I my, my tattoo artist that does all my minor league baseball tattoos is still up in Oregon so I scheduled that out and I went up there got the tattoos done etc but then I immediately flew home for four hours and then had to catch a flight back you know down to Phoenix because we had the pop-up the next day and so I had I had I'd gotten tattoos done on both of my legs. And now I've gotta be on my feet for all twelve hours or so. And for anybody who's ever gotten tattoo on their legs, it's just like the, the first thing you gotta do is rest. You gotta elevate your legs, get the swelling down. So it's like I didn't have that chance. It was like damn near ninety degrees. Um I had to wear pants because I can't have the sunlight affect the tattoos and screw that up. So I'm just like sweating like crazy, um, and then by the time I get home, like two days later, bam, I got COVID. Uh, and it was the only time like it's the only time I've gotten COVID so far. Thank God. But um, yeah, that that entire trip rocked my goddamn world. Um Damn.
0: <laughs> 13, 13 For the
1: whole hour? world. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah,
0: that is. Nah man, that must have sucked, but I know you, you guys stay busy and they I know they have you busy like crazy. But go ahead, Kicks. You wanna uh, close us out? Yeah, uh we don't I, want the I, we don't want the life to end on us because we know it's gonna it's kind of right, right. that so,
1: you left. know, uh <laughs> I would just like to ask, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, 'cause I'm looking I tried to you know you know how we did we try to have some good questions and you know, whatever we don't make it to. So, like I'm right now, I'm trying to pick which one I want to ask. So I guess I'll ask you this one. Anytime I see you go live, man, I always notice you be doing this right here. You be playing the music, you be doing you know what I'm saying? So I'm asking you that to ask this. Who is your top three MCs, man, if you don't mind telling me? Ooh.
2: Oh God. Um in no particular order. Okay. Um okay. Too short, like that. That that's the one artist from when it, when I was when I was born in Oakland, <laughs> leaving Oakland, came back to Oakland. What it's heck? just like, man, I fucking love Too Short. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm.
0: What's
2: my favorite? Um, mm. <laughs> 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 uh, older, older Kanye. As 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 weird as it is for me to say that, because it's like I don't listen to a lot of Kanye these days. I mean, I've always been mm-hmm. more of a punk rock kid anyway, but okay. you know, during my college years listening to um like graduation and yes. um, early registration, it's just like damn, you know, these songs are really good. And I, I I sound I sound so cheesy saying that. But it's but it's true. It's just like I it's something I can spin like nonstop and be totally happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um and then the other one, because I, 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 I'm trying to think of my catalog. It's like, okay, what do I have the most of that I, I listen to, like, on a heavy rotation? And, mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't one individual person, but, like, Wu-Tang is, is definitely up there.
1: You already know. Yeah. Already. 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 <laughs> and, <laughs> it, hey.
2: and, it, and it really showed, especially like the early the early years when I took over on Twitter. And uh, I think that was another thing I forgot to mention. Like, I've been running the Hacks on Twitter account since 2015. And if you were to go back and look at like the early years, I threw a lot of Wu Tang quotes in there. Uh, cream was always turned into caps rule everything around me. Like, I'd always throw, like, hammer that in as much as I possibly could. And and yeah. And then, and then here's a, here's a side story. So this goes back to when I was uh, working at the Concord store. So there was a, like a DJ school in the mall across from our store. And the guy who ran it, like would always come over and say, Oh yeah, I was a DJ for Wu Tang. You know, I'm still tight with them, et cetera, et cetera. And there's like a level of like, okay, yeah, sure. This is a good story and whatever. Well, I think it was 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Wu-Tang was playing at the Warfield in San Francisco. And and this dude, uh, he's just like, hey, if you guys want to go, I'll get you on the list. Just let me know how many. So I took my friend Anson, uh, who's another Oakland native, uh, but he was living up in Sacramento at the time. And it's just like, hey, if you want to go, you got nothing going on. uh, I think I'm on the list to go see Wu-Tang. We'll see how this works out. So, so we get there and they can't find my name anywhere on the list. And I'm just like, so heartbroken, like, oh my God, we came all this way and you know, whatever. But I hit him up uh, cause I had his phone number and I was like, Hey, here's, here's the situation. He's just like, Hey, just give me, give me like 30 minutes. I'm going to come rolling up. Um, and when I get there, just like, just see me, just pretend like we've known each other for years and whatever. And, So so we do. So we we find a bar, grab a beer, go back. And and we're walking back and it's uh it's him and it's ghostface, you know, walking up towards us. And Ghostface is like, Ben, what's up, brother? Like, uh, hi, you know, what's going on? And you know, we we dap and hug and and that was it. That's all I needed. And we went into the backstage door. (laughs) That's (laughs) good. Like we didn't have a but the guy, the guy on the inside, because the Warfield stage is pretty small, and especially the backstage area is like really tiny. He's like, "Hey, you guys, if you want, just jump down. You know, you can watch the show, but you guys just can't hang out back here." And we're like, "Okay." So my friend Anson comes rolling out on stage. Everybody starts cheering, and we're like, "Oh fuck, what do we do?" So then we just jump down, and you know, we're, we're amongst the crowd. The show's amazing, uh, and then my. Bu- was just like hey do you want to you guys want to meet the band you want to go backstage like yeah sure and and that was it just took us down and hung out with the whole fucking crew and oh. it was hands down one of the craziest nights I've ever had in my life
1: oh, oh my god <laughs> I, I I ain't got nothing else I'm done it's all you shield I ain't got nothing that's else, no, else. I ain't got better, nothing man. else god dog oh, that must have been
0: fucking dope as fuck <laughs> <Wow>. um, <laughs> But we're going to go ahead and call it an end because uh, w- since we're new to this uh, this Instagram page, we already know it's an hour cutoff. They don't allow us to go past that was, the hour. That was why we left nice Instagram
2: because we kept getting cut off, cut off the hour. That's why we had to move over to Twitch. So I,
0: I know exactly where you're coming from on that. I had to, we might have to move over to Twitch because I, like, I wish we could have gone longer, but I know you got some things to do. Um, and you know, hey, thank you for joining Absolutely. me. Ever since I started doing, ever since I started the, the Fit Talk uh, interview page, people looked at me funny, and people said all oh, the end goal should be try to get Ben. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, they, everyone else, said, I can help you get Ben. I'm like, I got Ben myself. Damn. Me and Cooks, you know, yeah. we we had just, I, all you gotta do is ask. Exactly. Man, things can happen, you know. Dude, I, you know, as as as
2: anybody who knows me, it's just like. If anybody ever needs me for anything, I'm there. Like, I will I will find right. time in my schedule to make anything happen for anybody because of the fact that we're all, right. we're all in the same game together, we all have the same passion, and it's just like I'm 100% behind you, and I wish you guys the best of luck on this going forward. So it's been a lot of fun. Thank
0: you. Thank you very thank much, man. You. You. you take care, and, you know, thank you for joining us here on Under the Brim Podcast, being our first guest. I can't tell you. How much of a blessing that is. Dude, to have it's, you. it's an honor to be your first guest, <laughs> so I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: that's right. We, we got we, Ben. <laughs> they
2: don't like Ben.
1: We got Ben. I'm sorry. I had to let that out. All right. Thank you, man. All good. <laughs> <laughs> thank hey, you, man. Good time,
0: guys. Woo. Have a great night. You too. You too. Later on, Ben.
1: Take care. All right, chef. It talking. Shout out to Sister Les in the background. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sister Les. You know what I mean? Shout out to everybody that tuned in, was able to tune in. You know what I mean? The Chef, you already know, you my brother, man. So, I showed sure up. I'm glad. I, I thank the Lord that we met, bro. You my brother, too, man, for straight up. Right. You know what I mean? Y'all know what it is. Our moderator said we got four minutes left. I guess you need to let them know. I, mean,
0: I, I made the uh, uh, Green Lantern, uh, a moderator because I thought I could do more than one. <laughs> oh yeah. So OG, was, OG was the moderator. You know hey, uh,
1: everybody that real? pip that t- that tuned in too, I see Creo agency. Everybody tuned in, man. Thank y'all for real, man. You know what I'm saying? We could, we need y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. You know what I'm saying? Straight up, for real. I'm real.
0: And that um that question you had to Ben, I just wanted to uh, get us out of here before the live's gonna end pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, I'll make sure I ask him. But Creo, reach out to him ask Movie Rocks pins. If not, I'm going to ask him for you. Yes, sir. So you can shoot them over some pins.
1: Hell yeah. And if y'all have any ideas, if y'all know somebody that y'all would like to see us interview you know, store owners and hat makers, you know what I'm saying, but we trying to reach high, you know what I'm saying, y'all shoot the message to the uh, and Brim inbox or shoot the message to the inbox or shoot it to the under the Brim inbox. You know what I'm saying? And shoot. We do what we got to do. Yep, that was great. That yeah. was great. We'll,
0: we'll definitely get some uh, some big uh, guys up in here, and uh, we still doing our own podcast, our own interviews. Mm-hmm. Fitted Top is, is coming out season four. Cooks twenty four. He's always doing uh, comics. Um, got uh, get VFTV. We'll definitely tap in with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's somebody who we got to do too. Is uh, the views from both? Got to get them in here. Shit, that's, uh, Let's work season. on it.
1: Let's work on it. Let's but on it. Um,
0: tap in with us, you know, much love to the fitted community and you know, keep on buying them fitted. But stay fresh. Later on, cooks.
1: All right, peace out, shell One love.